From Hype Beast and Hype Radio, I am Jeff Staple, and this is The Business of Hype, a show about creative entrepreneurs, brand builders, innovators, and the realities behind the dreams they've built. Today's episode is brought to you by my good friends at New Balance. They just dropped the latest evolution to the classic 997 franchise. It's simply called the 997H. It's an instant classic in my opinion. And my favorite colorway? Probably the Magnet Energy Red. But it's pretty hard to choose. It drops this month and it's available in dope colorways all over the world at better New Balance retailers. And much like what we do here at The Business of Hype, New Balance is all about supporting the fearlessly independent. So whether it's the athletes they serve or the creatives that they collaborated with, like me, New Balance has been celebrating entrepreneurship since 1906. You can learn more at newbalance.com. Whoever said print is dead has never worn a t-shirt or met our latest guest on The Business of Hype. Hailing from Sweden, Peter Lundgren has created one of the most interesting t-shirt brands in the world and is still going strong 14 years deep. He's collaborated with some of the dopest brands, designers, and artists like A-Life, Ricky Powell, Eric Hayes, and yours truly. And he's had publication after publication rave about his project. So what else does Peter have in store? You'll have to hear from him first on this week's episode of The Business of Hype. Um, my name is Peter Lundgren, and I'm the editor-in-chief of T-Post. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I'm familiar with T-Post. I know what it is, and I'm a big fan of it. Um, but I think T-Post is a very unique product and business. Um, and so we're going to dive into it, obviously. But first, what I want to do is play a little game. Uh, you know what an elevator pitch is, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, imagine I'm like a high-profile executive CEO with money to burn and invest and I'm looking for something to invest in. Uh, you're riding down an office elevator building and I, uh, we're on the 37th floor, door opens, I walk in, you have 37 floors down now to pitch me on what the heck T-Post is. Go. Well, you heard of a t-shirt, right? Yeah. And the magazine. Yes. And if you co combine those two into one product and then you have T-Post. Okay. That's the product, and you subscribe to it. You get get it once a month, just like a magazine. Okay, so I don't have to go to a store to buy it. No, you get it straight to your door. I love it. How much do you want? Tons. <laughs> <laughs> a shit ton. All right, so that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's great. When I first discovered it, like, what, what year was it that I first uh, discovered it? I mean, I think it was like six, seven years ago we first yeah. met. Yeah. You've been doing it in total for how long? It's 14 years now. Wow. Yeah. You've been doing this thing. You invented it 14 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, so essentially, like you said in, in the elevator pitch, which you did very, very well, I think a good elevator pitch just cuts right to the chase, yeah. you know, just like get to the point, yeah. you know, you have like 90 seconds. Um, so it's a, it's a magazine. So there's an editorial voice attached to it, right? Yeah. There's like a journalistic quality to it, but then there's a t-shirt element as well. So the, so, you know, I know this is an audio podcast, so people can't see, but describe it physically. Well, um, there, there's, um, the written story is printed on the inside of the t-shirt 
And then obviously the graphics on, on, on the outside. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that, and the hardest part with Tipos is get the story, to translate the story into a visual. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. And when you get it, you get it folded inside out. So you read the story and once you turn it back out, that's, that's the, the graphic. Yeah. 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 So it's like a two, it's reversible, sort of. It, it's not meant to be worn reversed. But the words are printed on the inside. Yes. The graphics printed on the outside. And, and it's actually, uh, you know, the game of whispers. No. Well, well, <laughs> it's, it's the whispering game. If if you hear something and you tell it to a friend and oh. you tell it to the next friend, the story changes, but oh, you in add something we call to that, it. Uh, telephone. Oh, that's telephone. Yeah. yeah. Whispers. Okay. In, yeah. Where are you from? Sweden. Sweden. They yeah. call it whispers. Got gotcha. you. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, the story is, is for you. Like uh, it, the story could be anything that mm-hmm. I'm thinking about. That that usually like is something that that like puzzles me or I want to I want to do something about it and I also think that's graphic so the story when you read it is mm-hmm. yours and when you take the shirt on the right side if somebody come up to you and say hey nice shirt what's that and you get to tell the story mm-hmm. but it's your story yeah you transform right. into your values and everything with right it. you're the messenger yes yeah interesting and I think it's it's cool how it harks back to a real magazine where you know, I come from the print era of journalism where like there's copywriting, an yeah. article, an yeah. author, and then there's like usually a photographer or illustrator that creates artwork that accompanies it. Yeah. So it's the same exact puzzle. Exactly. Just the medium has changed yes. from paper to uh, T-shirt. Yeah. It's, it's almost like you're the walking billboard, mm-hmm. you know, the front page. Yeah. You walk the streets with it. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You're the front page. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, and it, tell us about the packaging because that's cool too. Well, it, it comes it comes in it's it's uh, in this folder that that almost looks like a magazine. So mm-hmm. it's folded inside out. And when you open it up, and you have the story right there, just like a magazine. Mm-hmm. So so it's it looks like a magazine, and and once you fold it out, uh, you can read the story and and make it yours. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so there's the t-shirt element, there's the magazine element, yep. but I think the third element that's kind of cool is that you don't really um, sell to clothing stores, nor oh. do you really sell to bookstores. So you have a different delivery mechanism method. Yeah. Yeah. And tell us about uh, why you decided to do it that way. Well, first tell us how it works and why you decided to do it that way. Well, um, you subscribe to T-Post. Mm-hmm. And when we came up with the idea... We thought it would be cool because it all started. I had this ad agency uh, ages ago, mm-hmm. and when we thought like there was this this twenty five percent of everyone that worked there, they had own creative work, just so they could explore their own cre- creativity. Yeah, uh, and it, there was no boundaries, there were no rules. That one was supposed to make money, so you could do pretty much anything. If you mm-hmm. wanted to do a children's book in stone, you would do that. Uh-huh. It wouldn't be practical, but you just you explored it. it. Yeah, okay. we started. Uh, playing around with combining different things, mm-hmm. like okay, with like whatever, with what, whatever, and see what we can come up, like come re- up with remixing, like a yeah, DJ would, exactly, right. And uh, most of it was was really shitty, uh, but but we thought like this T-shirt magazine combined with this job was interesting. Do you remember some of the shitty ones? Well, because <laughs> <laughs> I, I love know. I love when there's like you know through that process there was a lot of shitty ones, but the yeah. the one percent that makes it yeah. is really dope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because the shittier there are, and usually I love the idea. When you when you have the idea, you don't know if it really sucks and uh-huh. or if it's amazing. Yeah, and that's the kind of yep. boundary you want to want to. Totally, because yeah. if something's really amazing, it's one hairline away from really being the worst thing on earth, too, exactly. right? Yeah, and you exactly. have to differentiate that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
It's too true. Like they always say, for every good idea, there are a hundred bad ideas. And the fine line between something amazing and terrible may not be recognizable right at that moment. But that's not to discourage any dreams or visions you might have. It's actually the opposite. Be true to your ideas and stand strong for them. Just remember to never be too precious. Give yourself the opportunity to actually try it out, tweak it, to fail even. You don't know until you do it. And there are too many times where ideas crash and burn inside our heads without even giving them a chance. I can give you a million reasons why you shouldn't do something, but the one reason you should do it is because there's always potential that it could be something innovative and dope. That's what's great about T-Post. It was born in an environment that celebrated new ideas. It wasn't up to anyone to make the call if they were good or bad, not before those ideas were brought to life at least. If it wasn't for the opportunity for people to exercise their creative freedom, a brand totally different like T-Post would have never seen the light of day. Who knows when your first or next mind-blowing idea will be? Go out and see it for yourself. Okay, so you 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 and your team sort of Frankenstein this idea together, yeah. and it, it worked. And it, well, it wasn't supposed to work. It was like <laughs> this bumblebee, because because we kind of thought in in the beginning nobody would buy something they wouldn't have seen. Mm-hmm. So we thought, like, let's combine this and, and just make it even harder to say, say it's a subscription because it's a subscription to magazines. Okay. Um, so we did that. We started out just, we did five issues uh-huh. to the ones at the office and just did a website just so we could show it a, as a project. Yeah. So you have to subscribe and commit to five issues, which was how much? Do you remember back then? Well, like, uh, this is the thing because um, this is the problem, too, with me as a business Owner, I don't really care too much about money. I'm all about the creative process. <laughs> so we've actually had the exact same price since 2004. That makes zero <laughs> sense. Exactly. Li- both literally and figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just because the cost, you, you print on a shirt, you print on you know the packaging, yeah. there's the shipping cost. Every single element of this process has increased. Yep. In the past ten years, yeah, but you keep your price the same. Exactly. So you're losing. You're not make. You're not making as much money as you. Well, like back then. I, I've gone the other way because we did everything at, uh, at our at our shop mm-hmm. from the beginning, and we started. And then as the prices increased, I, I moved moved the production over to first we were we were uh, in India, and mm-hmm. then we moved it. So we decreased our cost by moving it, okay. outsourcing the, the oh, so the you production. were smarter about resourcing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I, I kind of wanted it to. To be this, uh, not too expensive. Mm-hmm. It's thirty-five bucks per, to, per per issue. Okay, and, and is then it, you get a discount for the subscription, or no? Well, no. It's it's uh, if you subscribe to it, it's thirty-five bucks, uh-huh. and that's including shipping worldwide. Okay, and get it to your to your door. And yeah. is it uh, only you could only subscribe five issues at a time? No, you subscribe. It's ongoing, and it's okay. yeah. So so you subscribe, and if you want to quit, and then it's two months period of notice. Okay. Just because it's two months production time. Okay. Okay. So yeah. you'll get if you decide to quit your subscription, you'll still get two more, and yeah. then okay, gotcha. Yeah. Interesting model. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like the, um, like, you, you know, you harked it to magazine subscriptions, yep. but it's also sort of like now subscription models are all the rage in like online products, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah, you could get a subscription to like, uh, you know, pills and stuff can just yes. come to you now. Yeah. Amazon, almost everything you buy on Amazon has a subscription model yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
So has a do you feel good about that decision of going subscription only? Um, and do you feel like it sort of uh, has hindered you in trying to get into retail stores as well? Well, um, when we first did it, we didn't realize how smart it actually was <laughs> to do it. Yeah. Because when we did it, it's just a, a project at the office. It's a creative product, mm -hmm. uh, like project. Yeah. So once we moved it out, out maybe two years later, I handed over the agency to my partner and I took T-Post just see if it could fly on its own. Mm -hmm. So that was 2006. Mm -hmm. And then I had this idea because this was right at the peak of the print is dead yeah. uh, era. And right. then, and then Magazines also- Magazines were just folding and going under. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and then um, subscription-based models you, was really on the rise too. Mm -hmm. Uh, you could subscribe to bags and all that stuff. Yeah. So we really hit the a good timing. Yeah. With that, so so once I took it on its own and started to send out press releases, we hadn't done nothing. Mm -hmm. So once I did that, once I did that, um, uh, a lot of people picked it up. Yeah. They they uh, they really they they really ran with it. Right. You mentioned some of the factors like the falling of magazine culture, but the increase in subscription yeah. products. Yeah. Do you think streetwear had a play in it too? Like just, t you know, t people wearing t-shirts and more yeah. casual dress? It, definitely. And, and one of the things that was really interesting to me was also that you could, because streetwear is all about limited edition, mm -hmm. not being seen like with the same t-shirt as your friend. Yeah. And this was something that we could control. Mm -hmm. We always said like, okay, if if the if it's getting too too many subscribers in one city, we will cut it off, really? and then say, hey, this is a bar queue system. You need to stand in line to wait for somebody to drop out. And there's been times where you've done that. Yeah, in, in like in my local city, like in Umeå, in Sweden. Oh yeah. wow, okay, that's awesome. So there's like a waiting list sort of exclusivity thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, I mean, I would imagine that in the past 14 years of running this business, you've must have hit some crazy trials and tribulations, right? Well, just to figure out what, what kind of things you can write about when you have subscribers that you don't know. Could you write about religion? Could you mm -hmm. write about like right. politics, whatever? You don't know if they're okay. vegan or yeah. eat, well, whatever. Right. Whereas like in, just to compare to like traditional magazines, like if you look at USA Today versus like New York Times, they sort of understand their readership, yeah. so they can provide articles that yeah. they'll like. But yeah. okay, so you didn't know who your subscribers no. were very like, well. No, like if you're a subscriber to National Geographic, you yeah. don't like want to return your magazine if you don't like to read about the tribes of Serengeti. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, but here's your T-shirt. But <laughs> if it's all about meat and you're a vegan uh -huh. and vegetarian, you can't really wear it. Yeah. So you need to take that into consideration. And we had a bunch of uh, what well, we did once. I don't remember how long ago it was, but um, the U.S. actually, they, they suspended a death penalty mm -hmm. because it was like too expensive. Okay. Um, and we thought it was really weird that death penalty is the only thing that you could do when the economy is good. Mm -hmm. It's a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird thing. <laughs> that's yeah. a weird thing. Uh, so we did this big news on the front uh -huh. that said canceled until further notice. Okay. So, uh, and, and you wrote an article about it. Yes. Uh -huh. And we got a bunch of people that loved it and, and a bunch of people that said, okay, my grandfather, he hanged himself last week. So mm -hmm. wasn't a good shirt for mm -hmm. me. And cancel my subscription. Well, 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 
they they got to return it, so that was fine. But oh, you offer a return policy? Well, uh, in that case. Okay. Okay. Fine. Not not normally because that that's the same thing because you with T post you kind of commit to what we do. You can check out what we've done in the past, mm-hmm. and if you like that. Uh, you probably will like yeah. the things. So it's a commitment. It's not for everyone, right? But but uh, that's that's the way we do it. Yeah. What other uh, trials have have you gone through in the past? Well, mostly like what I found was really hard. More like from from a business standpoint was like uh, taking care of production. Why? Because in the in the beginning we bought blank shirts mm-hmm. and we printed them locally and I can be there and I can test it out and yeah. I can try it, say, hey, no, move this print to, to like a centimeter to the left right, or whatever. Right. But uh, once moving it away, mm-hmm. when you can't, can't be all the time, it was really hard. Yeah. And also when you don't really have the knowledge of fabric, how it works mm-hmm. and to see like, is this fabric, how, how is it just fake to look good or feel good or is it really good will it get fucked up if you wash yeah, it right that kind of stuff was really hard mm-hmm. so quality controlling yeah the production are you are you happy with it now yeah okay but it took yeah. a long time for you to yeah. sort of nail it is it still done in india no we're we're, we're um it's done in serbia right now wow cool yeah. <laughs> your teachers are made in serbia yes and how about the packaging well, it's made there too. Okay, so it's a one-stop shop. Yes, that does the whole thing. Yes, great. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And we actually fixed it up so so they they make it, they package it, and they send it mm-hmm. from there. So everything is down down there because it doesn't make sense to send it up to Sweden yeah. and then we send it out again. Right. So that saves a little bit of logistics. Yes. Um, is it a printer, like a T-shirt printer or a magazine printer? The printer what? Like, oh, like the, 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 Serbian, the packaging. Yeah, the, the Serbian factory. Are they specializing in clothing or specializing in print? Uh, it's clothing, yeah. They, okay. they do mostly like t-shirts and stuff. Okay, yeah. so this must be weird for them yeah. too because they have yeah. to put it into a magazine form now. Because usually they're, they're, they're used to uh, del- uh, pr- uh, producing and delivering stuff four times, maybe two times, four times a year mm-hmm. uh, with, with collections and stuff. Now we do it monthly. And it, there was really hard for them too to get like, okay, you're gonna do this in one month, and then it comes another, yeah. and you have this rolling schedule. Right. And also with stuff when you when you're dealing with big factories and stuff, if they got like from H and M and one hundred thousand T's, <laughs> we'll be moving down <laughs> you're, the you're production moving line. Down, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of uh, young designers uh, face that issue yeah. of being low on the totem pole of priority. Yeah. And and also young small designers tend to be the most nitpicky and OCD yeah. about oh, their yeah. work. So the factory's like, just shut the fuck up already exactly. with your puny little order. Exactly. Meanwhile, H&M's giving me a massive order. They don't even care what it looks like. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> That's the orders that we want. Yeah. 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 It still amazes me that Peter has been running T-Post with the same business model over all these years. But while keeping the same price for his subscriptions, he's been able to make some smart tweaks to keep T-Post true to its original form. This doesn't surprise me. Peter's a smart guy. And in order to deliver the same product the same way you always have, you gotta find ways to optimize. He's been able to do that without compromising his brand or pursuing expansion. Just finding solutions as he goes through the trials and tribulations of production hiccups, audience hurdles, or just overall market changes. Whenever you're faced with these moments, it's all about being adaptable. 
And you're still primarily like, how big is the company? Like, how big is it now in terms of like staff? Well, we're uh, it's me, and I have a part time a girl that works part time for with the support and engineering or all emails, mm-hmm. and a bunch of freelancers, photographers, and and illustrators and stuff like that that I work so with. So it's almost like a one man show. I like I, I like it like that. Really, you didn't want to try to grow the company. No, I I really like because um, back uh, back in the day when we had the ad agency, we were like I don't know twelve, fifteen people, mm-hmm. and I really like it small. Yeah, like is you can move fast and and you could do uh, stuff like come up with an idea in the morning, have it done by night. Yeah, it's everything is so much easier. I think right, but you're able to pay yourself from this. Oh yeah. How, yeah. So tell us some of the wins of having this company now for 14 years. Like how are, is it sort of beyond what you would have hoped it would be? Like when I started, I always think like uh, everything if you really want it is there for you. You just have to put enough effort into it. Mm-hmm. So once I, every, everyone thought I was really crazy giving, giving up the agency because it was just an idea when I got it. Yeah. And so, and, and it was just like, okay, I'm going to make this work. Mm. And then, then once it started to fly, it's like, it was obviously it's going to sooner or later, it's going to fly. Um, why not? Not obviously. Everyone thought that you were crazy. Yeah, but I didn't think so. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think successful entrepreneurs sort of have to have that audacity. Yeah. Almost like borderline stupidity yeah. slash stubbornness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, it's like people are just like, you have a successful agency. You're going to give that up now yeah. to go full time on one of the skunk work projects that came yeah. out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody thought it would work. Right. Yeah. And are you happy with it now? Are you totally satisfied? Like, how would you like to see this advance or, or evolve? Or you're totally happy with the way it is now? Well, uh, it's always like Tipos for me is a fantastic vehicle mm-hmm. because it could take me wherever I want to go. I can work with whoever I want to. Mm-hmm. Just with say, I can work with you, and I do an issue, and I write about that, and it could take me anywhere. Yeah. So it's never dull. Okay. It's just like my own imagination that can take me there. It's just the same canvas, it's the same story, but I can fill it with whatever I want. Uh-huh. Right. You mentioned that you weren't um a like a business guy who was like looking at the numbers. Oh. But talking about some of the numbers, uh like how big how many subscribers do you have now? It's about fourteen hundred uh-huh. subscribers, yeah. Okay. And they're located in fifty countries mm-hmm. around the world. So it's been like cause the thing when when this started to take off back in 2006 and uh, it all went from blog to blog wall street journal picked it up they mm-hmm. went to time magazine and then it, it escalated yeah from there and and the problem for me is that like i i thought i was the best businessman in the world I'm like okay this is easy yeah right having a business is easy um so i just kept on doing what i um what i did and then after a while, when, when that heat started to, to decrease, mm-hmm. I, I really didn't, because the problem that, that I didn't realize was why. Why did it take off? Uh-huh. I didn't sit down and think about, okay, why now? Yeah. Why did it, because I just thought it was good. Mm-hmm. I focused on uh, doing good products and putting, in, put, putting in the, them out there. And then... Uh, so did you retroactively analyze why it took off then well like timing is a big part of it yeah 
even though like you could do you could be on point with everything doing like it's perfect mm-hmm. but the timing is off right but once the timing hits mm-hmm. it's really good to to think about why yeah why did it hit so now i i realize that like the time was good with the uh, print is dead mm-hmm. a lot of people thought that was like a quirky yeah fun thing to write about since everyone thought magazine was dead here's a magazine on cotton yeah right right that's cool so and the same thing with subscriptions too yeah um so so i think like looking at that mm-hmm. uh, i really realized why it took off and how why how to roll it forward Self-analyzing is so important. Companies may do recap reports. Projects may require postmortems. I mean, shoot, you even talk over drinks after playing a game. Why something performed the way it did is so valuable because that understanding is where real learning occurs. It's where you're able to figure out what to tweak, what to never do again, what to explore with a different partner, how to do it again the next time, and a thousand other insights you can glean. Being diligent with understanding the why when it comes to your work will only make things better and smarter. It arms you when trying to make the next decision, whether big or small. If there's ever a time when the answer is, because that's what we did last time, then you're selling yourself short. Your customer or audience changes, style changes, tech changes, and trends come and go. Uncover the why because that's where something insightful will be found. And insights are what help drive great ideas. And you you mentioned um, the fourteen hundred subscribers. Do you now sell in stores at all? Well, we tried it out. Okay. Like um, they they wanted to sell it in Urban Outfitters. Okay. We put them in there uh, for a while. It seems like a perfect product for Urban Outfitters. Yeah. They sell T-shirts and magazines. We thought so too. Mm-hmm. But the problem was that like they were really excited about it but and wanted to make an effort to display it right. But people is hard. It's how to display it is really important. I'll, if you don't get get it, yeah. The 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 magazine part of T Post is just a t shirt. Yeah, because you don't see the words on the inside, you can't no. see past the packaging. No. Right. So we worked with them for a while and then but they couldn't really really display it in a way that people got it it was just like a more expensive t-shirt so <laughs> for no reason for right. no reason right so we pulled it out of there after after a couple of months yeah i think the uh the pros of a of a store like urban outfitters is the scale right and the yeah. number of locations and the reach but yeah. the negative is that even if someone high up at urban outfitters yeah. understands your vision yeah that's not enough no. every store manager yeah. in Timbuktu and every yeah. little part-time sales associate has to understand that same vision. Yeah. And it's hard for those big companies to get the word out. Yeah. It's, you would think it's as easy as like, look at the inter-office memo or like yeah. the mass email, yeah. but no, you got to rely on all these people sort of doing exactly. their jobs. Yeah. So it didn't, it, you couldn't translate it all the way down to the store levels, what no. you're saying. And probably we were too small too mm-hmm. for them to make the real effort. If we would right. have been bigger. Right. It would have been a section, and and it, I, I'm I'm confident that it could have worked. Yeah. But now, in retrospect, I'm glad uh-huh. because Tipos is a subscription. Yeah, and I wanted it, I wanted to be that. Right, right. And is how often does Tipos come out? Uh, once a month. Wow. Yeah. So you're doing fourteen, fifteen hundred shirts every month. Yeah. If you were just a clothing line, 
that's a really decent sized business. Yeah. Like every month you have a, sh a design coming out yeah. that you're releasing thousands of units on. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Have you ever thought of diversifying it? Like just making it into a t-shirt line and, and getting rid of the magazine part of it? Well, sometimes usually I, cause I have uh, like a gazillion ideas all uh -huh. the time. Right. Usually I always come back to this exact same place. I try it out for a bit and, and I realize that, okay, this is not, this is not T-Post. It shouldn't okay. be that. Yeah. It should be this. Right, right. And I come right back to where I started. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, what advice would you give? I mean, I think you're, you're really in a unique position of being a solo entrepreneur for working on one single thing for over a decade. Yeah. You know? Um, it's and weird. It is kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. It's a little bit weird. And, you know, just frankly speaking, a lot of people on paper would call that not a success, right? You know what I mean? Like yeah. they'd be like, oh, you don't have a hundred employees. You don't have global yeah. headquarters, yeah. you know, but I think I could see just by hearing this interview and looking at you that like you're very content and satisfied and happy with yeah. the business. But I think it's not normal to do something the same for 10 years plus and just do it on your own. You know, yeah. it's very like uh, um, in Japanese, there's a term called shokunin, which is kind of like um, the... It's sort of like if you're like, like, did you see the documentary Jiro Dreams of Sushi? The oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that guy, he just for 50 years is perfecting the perfect role, yeah. right? Like, yeah. And he doesn't want to expand into fast food yeah. and take out and stuff, right? So he's called Shokunin. That's like the trait. And I feel like you have a little bit of that yeah. attribute in what you're trying to do here. What advice would you give to someone who is embarking on their first step in, in a similar path of like trying to hone in on a vision and they're a one-man show, and everyone's saying their idea is crazy. Like if you really, if you really believe in it, in the idea, you just just you throw yourself out there and you do it. Mm -hmm. Because if if you're passionate about it, it's gonna, and you think it's really good, people will pick up on your passion, and they will take that. And then and then once, because you never know, you could be grinding out years and years doing everything on point being really like perfect and nothing might happen mm -hmm. might never happen but it might too but but like just keep true to your idea and then wait it out just grind it out was there ever a time where you could seriously considered like i've had enough of this never really not no. even close no well like it's it's not like it's not in me to, well, it, it's a problem too, <laughs> to, to quit. But it's always like, when I look back, mm -hmm. it's, it's always like, I say, okay, this could have been a place where I should have given up. But at that point, I wasn't even close. Because I like, okay, here's a problem. I need to overcome it. Mm -hmm. And always like, if you're problem solver yeah. and you you're driven by that. Right. Like even though it's a creative problem or it's like a, a production problem, mm -hmm. it's exciting to, to solve that problem. To try yeah. to solve that problem. To try to solve it. Right. Totally. So that's I won't give up until I've solved it. Yeah. And then you're out of the woods. Right, right. Nice. Okay. So good advice, I think. Don't give up uh, and don't listen to the haters. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to add? Well, um, I don't know. Like, um, I, I think... For me, it's not been about like, like the money. I'm, I've been satisfied from the first day that I could have been self-employed, doing what I love, because mm -hmm. I'm like 
the the passion of for me is in like uh, finding an idea about a story that I puzzled me or like that I like to put out there yeah. and find a conceptual way to take that into something graphic. It's it's different every time. Right. And 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 if you have that passion in something, it'll work sooner or later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, were you profitable since like the first one? Yeah. So the first issue, you were already in the black. Yeah. The problem for me, though, is that as long as I'm in black, I'm good. Uh-huh. So it's not scaling <laughs> it. I'm just keep going because it's scaling it and looking, okay, if I could take in an investor, because there's been investors that wanted to invest in T-Pulse, uh-huh. a bunch of them, but but I never look at, I'll do my thing, but but I'm all about like the product. Yeah. So, so I'm almost like, um, sometimes I think I'm like, standing away myself to mm-hmm. getting bigger mm-hmm. but still it's like i love coming to work every day i love doing what i do i could do whatever i want nobody to tell me otherwise yeah so i think it's a total freedom right and that freedom is priceless yes yeah all right well thank you thank you very much for coming on the show thanks Hey, thanks for listening to this dope episode with the humble and inspiring Peter Lundgren of T-Post Magazine. As always, you can find out more about the show and listen to other episodes at hypebeast.com slash radio. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. I personally use Anchor FM. Also, leave a comment and tell us what you think about the show and tell a friend about it. It definitely helps a lot. You can also reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Staple, and we occasionally answer listener questions. So if you have a question, shoot it over to us at questions at businessofhype.com. The Business of Hype is created in collaboration with Bright Young Things. You can check out their work at byt.nyc. Our director is Daniel Novetta, and our audio engineer is David Rogers Berry. Our associate producers are Sydney Pacumpera and Christina Hong. This episode was recorded at Sibling Rivalry Studio and on location at Anchor Labs in New York City. I'm Jeff Staple, and you've been listening to The Business of Hype on Hype Radio.